Hello everyone and welcome back to the Prayer in the Making Lent Book Club. Uh, we're moving into chapter three already and we're in part one of chapter three which is called Recognising God's Voice. Um, I want to start with a little story if that's okay this time. And this story pertains to a lady who had bought herself a sat-nav. And uh, it had not gone well, shall we say. And so she took herself off to the shop where she'd bought it from, plonked it on the counter and said, I want a refund. And the gentleman said, why is that, madam? He said, because this sat-nav is completely rubbish. So, uh, not being one to give an easy refund, the shop assistant said to her, could you tell me why you're not satisfied with the product, madam? So she said, well, so I went to use it the other day. I'm new to the town and I wanted to drive from my home to the supermarket. So I decided that I would put the supermarket postcode into the sat-nav and I expected the sat-nav to tell me how to get to the supermarket. And the shop assistant nodded and said, that's what I would expect of a sat-nav as well. And the woman said, but it didn't. It was absolutely hopeless. She said, I drove out. I was driving along my road in the direction of the town centre. The sat-nav was giving me absolutely nothing. It was doing that thing that it does, you know, where it looks like it's got no signal or something. I don't know. She said, I'm not very technical. So I just kept driving the way I thought was probably the best. She said, I came to a crossroads. Now that's the moment you want your sat-nav to kick in. I wanted to know whether to go straight, whether I wanted to go left or right or whatever. Nothing, absolutely nothing, she said. And um, as I looked down at the screen, all I saw was a smiley face. What use is a smiley face when I want to know which way to go? She said, I was totally exasperated. I was left there at the crossroads looking around like a nana. It's a good job there was nobody behind me because frankly, they would have been held up for a very long time. She said, all I could see was a beautiful tree just up ahead of me. And she said, I've got a bit of a thing about trees, always have had since I was little. And so, you know, not having any other info, I just drove towards the tree. I thought, well, at least I can go and have a look at that tree. The shop assistant's beginning to look slightly bemused by this point. But she said, no, 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 I have to carry on. I have to tell you why this thing is so rubbish. So I drove towards the tree. Amazing, absolutely beautiful, she said. But I won't bore you with that now. I got further in towards the town centre and I thought, well, at some point, this thing's going to tell me something useful. So as I drove, I hit the ring road uh, and uh, there was only really one way I could turn at that point. So I went round and as I was driving along the ring road, we came to another junction. And she said, suddenly, the thing spoke to me. She said, you, first time it said anything. I hadn't said anything at all, let alone anything useful. She said, suddenly, it said, to your left is the east gate of the city. And the east gate of the city is of medieval construction and it was built... Uh, in the 14th century, uh, and it, she went on and on and on about this gate. <laughs> what use was that to me? What use was knowing about, the, no help on which way the supermarket was, just all about this gate. So I'm looking over at this gate, and I'm thinking, well, I've got to make a decision. There is traffic behind me now. She said, well, I know that it's an out-of-town supermarket, so it's not going to be through the gate. It's not going to be in the town. So I just carried on. I'm just going to have to keep going. 
Uh, because clearly I don't want to go through that gate anyway. So I carried on driving. And by this point, I mean, it's no thanks to this wretched machine. But by this point, I've got an idea that I need to turn right somewhere. I've got a feeling, you know, I did geography at school. I've got a vague idea uh, that I'm going to need to move around the city and turn right at some point, And I'm going to find the supermarket. So I'm turn I've given up on her by now. But all of a sudden, I notice up on the screen pops that arrow, you know, that thing, like you're coming up to a junction and it said turn right. And I thought, oh, at last, at last, whatever the malfunction is, it's got itself sorted uh, and it's pointing me the right way. So I turn right. I'm in a McDonald's drive through What am I doing in a McDonald's drive through I didn't want a McDonald's drive through I wanted the supermarket. So the, <laughs> the shop assistant, again, looking slightly bemused, says to her, the lady, what did you do in the drive through <laughs> She said, well... I decided I'd ask where the supermarket was. So I drove through, I parked up in front of the window. They said, what would you, what's your order? I said, I want to know where the supermarket is. They said, would you like fries with that? I said, no, I want to know where the supermarket is, please. And they told me where the supermarket was. So I drove round, I drove out again and I headed off to the supermarket. No thanks to this wretched piece of equipment. And she tapped the box and looked sternly at him. And by this point, the shop assistant's beginning to smile. And she says, what? I hope you're going to give me a refund. I hope you're not mocking me. He says, oh, madam, he says, I understand exactly what's happened here. He says, you've got the wrong model. She says, what do you mean I've got the wrong model? He says, oh, he says, you've got the God model. And what you wanted was the superstition model. Hang on, I've got one under here. The superstition model tells you exactly what to do at every turning and never really explains why. But you can have it if you like. And so the exchange was made and the lady went off with the right sat-nav. I, um, I like that story, mostly because, uh, because I think it says everything I ever want to say uh, about listening to God and hearing God's voice. You know what? I wrote this book because a whole heap of people tell me that they're rubbish at prayer. Um, and that's something I wanted to tackle in some way. But if I were going to tell you the next thing that most people tell me, um, which frustrates me, uh, it's that they don't hear God. number of people that can't do I, I never hear God. I never hear God speaking. And you know, that is absolutely not true. It's also slightly absurd. It's absolutely not true that you don't hear God. God is endlessly in communication. We know an awful lot about God from the revelation of scripture and from tradition and the history of religion and all sorts of things. And one of the things we know of God is that he is endlessly communicative. We know that he is constantly speaking, reaching out, breathing uh, into, into creation, communicating with us. Our problem is we're a bit like the lady with the wrong sat-nav. We want the superstition sat-nav. We want the thing that just tells us exactly what we need to know when we need to know it. We want the voice that just answers the questions of should I turn left or right? Should I take this job or that job? Should I have sausages for breakfast or bacon? Should I, you know, we want the simple answers. And, and very often when people say they don't hear God, what they mean is they can't hear those kinds of things. They stand before a dilemma and they go, right, God, tell me what to do. And actually, because they haven't really ever paid much attention to the voice of God, 
in anything else, they suddenly find they can't hear it in that kind of crisis moment of, I need to make a decision, I need to make a decision, I need to make a decision. Now, the thing about the voice of God is that it is annoyingly non-directive a lot of the time. Um, That's only a problem if you're particularly looking for directions, by the way. Actually, if you can imagine, as I often do in these little podcasts, uh, a human relationship, and uh, if you can imagine a relationship where the only time you ever talk to each other is to say, which of these should I pick? And for your friend, partner, whatever, to give you uh, a definitive opinion on which way you should choose. That would be a pretty bad relationship, wouldn't it? There wouldn't be a lot of quality and depth in that relationship. And so it is with God. We get into this mindset that we don't hear God because we can't hear him on the dilemmas of life. And yet, and yet, what God is saying is something far more complex. What God is speaking to us is something far broader, far more complex, far deeper than straightforward turn left or turn right instructions. The uh, the woman with her sat-nav, I'm going to guess, never ever needed to use a sat-nav to get to that supermarket ever again because the drive had become an experience. The t- she would have remembered the tree. She would have, it's clearly not a true story, by the way, but imagine it was. She would have remembered the tree. She would have remembered the city gate, the town, the, the gate into the town. She would have remembered the McDonald's drive through Not only would she have been able to drive that route again, she would have known a whole lot more about the town than if she'd just had a sat-nav saying, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right. Do you see what I'm getting at? It's this sense that, Listening, when God speaks, he doesn't aim to only give us an instruction on one thing or t'other. He aims to grow us, to broaden us, to increase us, to enlighten us, to reveal to us. And that means he speaks to us in all kinds of ways. Every time you have a new thought, every time a thought pops into your head. You know, the Bible says that with the mind of Christ, it talks about God's thoughts and our thoughts. And you know, when God communicates his thoughts to us, he doesn't do it through a tannoy. You don't hear a voice from heaven going, I have a thought I wish to share with you, child. What you get is a thought. It's God's thought and it suddenly pops into your head and it's your thought. That's that's God's thought. That's how God shares his thoughts. So every time you have a new thought, every time a light bulb goes on in your head and you suddenly realise something, God's, you know, God speaks through what we like. I, one of the other reasons I love the story is because it's got it's got these different elements in it. I'm a bit analytical, so I like elements. Uh, it, it, the woman loved trees, and and the first thing she saw was this tree, and that sort of drew her on. Um, God speaks through what we like. He speaks through things that interest us. If he wants to speak something to me, I often find it because I'm reading an article that really interests me, or I'm researching something that I'm fascinated by and God might say something that has nothing to do with what I'm researching but it's a way of getting my attention and drawing me to something else is that he'll use something that I love something that I'm passionate about Um, when she got to the gate she knew something she learned something about the place where she was and she was able to apply her knowledge it's a it's a gate into the town I know the supermarket isn't in the town so I don't need to go through that gate you know This whole idea that God uses what we know. When your knowledge clicks together in a certain form that causes you to understand something, that is God speaking to you. Even 
driving through the drive through having to ask somebody else, having to ask directions for the supermarket. That is God speaks to us through other people. Do you see what I mean? There are so many places and contexts where God speaks. And I want to encourage you over the next couple of days um, to kind of back off a bit from worrying about, I need to hear God on this particular dilemma. You know what? Most of the time for me, the harder I try, the harder I press in on, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, the worse it gets, the more my head just gets foggy and confused. The quicker I step back and just carry on living and watch the virtual scenery as it goes past my life, uh, look out the windows, uh, smell the smells, hear the sounds, taste the tastes, let the world invade my senses, just be open to all sorts of communication from God of all kinds, I am far more likely to get to the decision that I need to make and to feel confident that I've made it well. And I want to encourage you to back off from the dilemma of the do I turn left or right God and to spend a couple of days reveling in the multitudes of ways he speaks, the multitude of ways he communicates with you. That might be something that makes you smile. It might be, it'll always be something good. It won't always be easy, but it will always be something good because God, uh, the Bible says, says in James 1 that every good and perfect gift comes from God. So everything good that happens to you is a communication of God, even if it's a hard thing, even if it's a, a painful thing or an awkward thing, if it's, if it's got goodness in it, it's a communication from God. He communicates through events. He communicates through circumstances. He communicates through uh, the Bible and reading scripture. If a verse, if you read a verse and it, it kind of goes ting off the page at you. you, you know this, don't you? He communicates in so many ways. And I want to invite you to relax into that over this next couple of days and simply enjoy, not thinking all the time, why is he telling me that? What do I need to do? Just enjoying, reveling in his communication with you through all of your senses, your mind, your heart, your feelings, uh, your relationships, your connections, the things that happen to you. Simply enjoy that he is ever in communication. And please, if you do anything for me, would you ban this whole notion that uh, God doesn't speak or that you don't hear God? Because it just isn't true.